Welcome to episode 16 of The Process, Just Business. Thank you for being here with me today. Appreciate you for coming. Change on me if you knew the truth Knowing I ain't the same person that was introduced Thank the Lord cause I don't look like what I've been through Here's a letter to you I'm back again Jesus on that cross I had to rise again Time to get my blessings, time to get my blessings I had to live my life, I had to learn my lessons I had to keep that smile but deep inside I'm stressing Just trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression Welcome to episode 16 of The Process. I am Quavon Taylor. I am Monte Martin. Today we have Mr. Brandon Davis on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. Thank you for having me, fellas. What's going on? What's up? What's up? So tell the people about where you're from. Okay, I'm originally from Boynton Beach, Florida. I'm born and raised. Um, moved to Tallahassee. Right after I graduated high school, I uh, went to Florida State University, uh, got my degree in, got my bachelor's degree in finance, um, went on to get my degree, uh, my master's degree in finance as well. Um, after I graduated, uh, moved to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, started a job there, worked, for, worked there for about two years and uh, decided to step out on my own and uh, become an entrepreneur, and that's where I am today. Awesome. Before we get into that path, man, you've been all over Florida. What what was it like growing up in the five six one in Boynton? Um, so I lived in Boynton uh, till I was about ten years old. Uh, it's the typical hood, you know. Things go on, shootings go on, robberies go on. That that whole culture, that whole lifestyle. Um, was there present to influence us uh growing up there i had a lot of bad influences of course and uh i grew up in a single parent household it's just the typical story um at the age of 16 got into a little trouble with the law um decided that was not the path for me so i really started focusing on the books and kind of carving out a better path for my life. Um, like I said, I grew up in a single family household. It was just me and my mom. So it was a very strict household. She didn't want me to fall victim to some of the things that my friends were falling a victim to. And um, she pretty much laid down the law for me. Uh, I want to say she kept me sheltered, but um, I experienced just enough just to 
to, you know, see the path not to travel down. And she really, you know, implemented a strict lifestyle for me to progress as a young black man. So, so how was that growing up, you know, without a father? I also grew up in a single parent home with my mom uh, in Orlando. Um, so I can, I, can, I can identify with that. So how was it growing up? You know, you said you played football too, you know, without your father. Um, and do you have a rela relationship with your father? I don't personally have a relationship with my father being that he, you know, passed away uh, when I was, a, was a, about 10 months old and just to give a little background with that, I'm very open about that. Um, he was a big time drug dealer down south and ended up getting me some things and ultimately, you know, you know, the path got a little bit more sinister and ended up, you know, shooting someone and paralyzing them and, you know, that, I guess that's why my mom kind of kept me sheltered from that type of lifestyle because she saw the fruits of or the destruction of that type of lifestyle and so she definitely wanted better for me. So just growing up with a single uh, single mother, of course it was difficult because I felt that she didn't understand understand me and I just felt like, you know, there wasn't that type of connection because we were always butt heads because, you know, you know, it's it's tough rate uh, raising a a hard-headed <laughs> child like myself. But yeah. uh, I thank God that I had male influences like my uncle, um, who, you know, he owned his own business. And, you know, I used to work with him when I was, you know, younger, starting from the age of eight. So I got to see those type of interactions growing up. And I had those type of positive influences in my life to to emulate. I'm listening to your story and it sounds like mine so much. Um, you get the entrepreneurial spirit. I got it from my uncle as well. He owned a, a, a business called Conquest Couriers in Orlando, man. I used to intern. I called it intern, but I used to work for him during the summer, so I understand. So what was it like uh, being a man of the house at a young age? Uh, to be honest, my mom, she was... I didn't really like her methods growing up, man. Uh, but in the long run, it, it definitely served its purpose and really, it really created me into the self-sufficient person I am today. So just growing up, working with my uncle, just seeing his work ethic and seeing his grind and seeing him waking up. He's actually in a wheelchair. Um, he's paralyzed from the waist down and and he, he does a, a very labor-intensive job. He goes and picks up fish uh, from Miami, cleans them, packages them up, and delivers them to their customers to their front door. And like I said, he's in a wheelchair. So, you know, and that's a very labor-intensive job. So seeing his work ethic, uh, just growing up, and his perseverance, and him just taking care of his house, uh, his household has really had its profound impact on the my outlook on this you know on entrepreneurship and and customer service and and being diligent and thorough with you know the services that you provide so what was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome um growing up in in palm beach uh what was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome um i guess the biggest obstacle um hindsight is 2020 I would have to say the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, growing up, we are very impressionable uh, kids and, you know, we want to do what's, you know, 
what we think our friends think is cool and we want to you know hang out with the that crowd who you know uh engage in certain activities that's not conducive to being a better citizen um and so i guess uh overcoming the need to be accepted by peers and and being very impressionable to to those type of influences i think that's the biggest hurdle i had to overcome and just really understand that i'm my own man um i have my own set of values uh, i can determine what's cool and what's not and i can be a person who seeks knowledge and not have to worry about you know what other purpose what other people have to say about me because you know I, I choose to go a different path and so just just overcoming that mindset man and what the mindset of wanting to fit in and be with the crowd i get it i get it that sounds um real good and real um personable you know peer pressure can we all fall victim to peer pressure you know I mean, the way we dress, the way we look, the way we act, you know, and that sounds big, even in Miami. Uh, the peer pressure thing, you know, we see it a lot. You know, some kids are right now, they smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? They doing all this and all that. I mean, what kept you, what kept you away from peer pressure? Like, what made you know that you are different and you can do different, you can do better for yourself? I want to say I didn't keep, I didn't uh, give in to the peer pressure, man. And, that, and that, like I said, that was a, that was a huge hurdle I had to overcome, man, because um although i did have male influences in my life i didn't have a father directly in the house so you know with that being said there wasn't a manly order in the house to lay down the law it was just a a, a lady who was just trusting in god and how to raise me so with that being said i used to act out all the time and get in trouble in school uh but my mom was extremely strict as far as making sure I read the dictionary, making sure I read, making sure that, you know, I'm participating in and, and scholastic activities to, you know, increase my knowledge and my understanding, my intellect, you know, and she forced me to read. So with that being said, you know, she created an environment that was conducive to the learning. But on the flip side, I still had that, you know, that, that yearning in me to to cut up and act up and and you know like I said want to hang out with those who are not uh, how can I put this <laughs> those who didn't have their best that my best interest in mind if you will so so dealing with peer pressure um you know it's a lot of young dudes right now that's dealing with peer pressure as well I mean how would you be a father's figure to a, a younger dude that's trying to uh be themselves, you know what I'm saying, and avoid peer pressure, the things that's going around. What, what would you tell them? That's a good question, man, because I think about this every day, and I know Monty's a father, and, you know, he's a, you know he's around, around the same age as I am, and I don't have any kids yet, but I think about this every day, you know, like how, how would I raise a kid in, in, in a society who, you know, who has to adapt to, you know, the social norms that, that that's going on out here and to be to, to answer your question i'm still learning i'm still learning what i can do is when and, and what i've committed myself to is to establish values within you know within my life and to adhere to those values and hopefully i can 
translate that message to my kids uh, when I do ultimately have kids in a way that they can understand and they can really internalize the importance of being your own man, establishing your own principles and adhering to your own values, you know, so uh, to, to pretty much answer your question, I don't know. I, I feel like that's something that I would have to figure out, you know, as the time goes, as the time comes and, you know, I continue to learn and continue to become, you know, in the fullness of who who have, God has called me to be. A lot of times, a lot of times we hear people in our area say, I'm a real nigga. I know you probably hear that a lot too. What <laughs> does what does a, being a real man mean to you, Brandon? What's your definition of a real man? To me, a real man is a, a someone who keeps their word, someone who takes care of their family, son, someone who's honorable, someone who acts with integrity. And these are, these are, you know, in this day and age, these are vague concepts, but having a real understanding of, you know, what integrity means and, and having a value system. And like I said, I'm always talking about value systems. Adhering to those value systems is, you know, what I believe takes, what it really takes to be a real man. So yeah, str struggling with that need to fit in, you know, when did you find Brandon and who is Brandon today? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think that finding yourself is definitely a a process within and of itself, and we're always evolving. We're always acquiring different skill sets. We're always uh, acquiring different mindsets, new ways of thinking. So we'll continue to evolve into we who we truly are. But when I really became of the conscious mindset that you know I had this individuality about myself and I needed to be accountable for my own actions and my own mindsets. Um, to be honest with you, I would say, if, if I can keep it real with you, I would say, you know, when I, when I ultimately graduated and I, and I started my first kind of corporate job, that's when kind of the, that's when it really kind of internalized that uh, that I need to take ownership of who I am and you know the habits and the mindsets and and the way of doing things that I've learned from the culture back at home or in college you know those are those are experience that you know that I can you know never recreate but I can learn from those experiences and move forward and, and use those experiences as uh, building blocks to kind of inform me going forward, if you if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. How, how was your experience, you know, going from a single parent home to, you know, now you're in college and you're on your own? How was that experience being at Florida State for you? Um, for me, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty decent. I, uh, when I, when I first left home, I couldn't wait, man, I couldn't wait to leave my mom's house. Uh, that day that I moved up to Tallahassee, I was in such a rush to get out of her house. I broke my key out, it broke my key in the car. <laughs> uh, but, um, 
when I first got to Tallahassee, uh, you know, I, I had a job and I wasn't really taking school that serious, seriously because I had this newfound, quote unquote, freedom. And so that first semester in college, I got all C's and uh, I wasn't really taking it serious. I was partying like four nights a week, uh, just neglecting my studies, just not giving it, you know, uh, the best that I had because I didn't have that. Of course, I didn't have that structure in my life anymore. And so it wasn't until a professor pulled me off to the side and you know, I don't know if he was just talking, but he told me that he recognized the talents in me and not to squander them. And so from that day forward, I made the decision just to go cold turkey on everything because I, that, that's all I, that's all the motivation I needed to just cut everything out, man. So while I was in college, I was, I was extremely focused, man. I, I just, you know, focused on church and school and work and that was just my lifestyle for a great portion of the time uh, my master's program i kind of kind of slipped you know I, I had to get a little bit of partying out my system man but throughout the duration of you know my time at college uh, i was for the for the overwhelming majority of the time i was extremely focused man that's awesome so who is who is Brandon Davis today? Uh what are you involved in? Okay. Um as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm still evolving, I'm still learning, I'm still being humbled out here. Um currently I own a real estate company. Um I'm a residential redeveloper. Um that's just a fancy way of saying I flip houses. Um I can even give you the story on that. Um, when I graduated college, I started working at a corporate job and I was in a leadership development program. And in that uh, program, you know, I was, uh, uh, that program was designed to put you in different departments of the, of the company and to learn the different facets of the company. So I was in accounting, I was in compliance, I was in financial planning. And I was just kind of learning the, the corporate structure and really trying to understand, you know, the business aspect of things. And in the meantime, uh, I used to listen to this professor called Dr. Boyce Watkins. Have any, have any of you guys heard of him before? No, I haven't heard of him. Uh, well, Dr. Boyce, he was big on, he's extremely big on black entrepreneurship, you know, black men going out there and and owning their own companies and creating jobs for their own community. And so, you know, his message started to really resonate with me and and start to really, really encourage me to take a step of faith and quit my job and start my own business. And so with that being said, I pretty much jumped in the fire. I started, I started a financial advising company um, then there was an opportunity to work with this real estate company uh, for a short time. And then after about six months working with that real estate company 
an investor approached me saying, hey, you want to you know, start a business together, I'll put up the money, you put up the sweat equity, and we can make this thing happen. And um, I don't mind sharing this. Um, after, after our first couple of deals, he put a million dollars in the bank account. And so that right there just opened up a new, a new world for me because now, you know, I understood the importance of really stepping out and trusting God and stepping out on faith and going out there and, and, uh, knowing that, you know, the future is uncertain, but God's got your back and he will provide for, for everything that that's in his will for your life. So that was one of the biggest learning lessons for my life right there. Hey Amen. You just touched on something very important that we talk about all the time on this podcast is overcoming and achieving and trusting the process, but trusting the process just means trusting God. And the only way to show that you trust in God is to have faith. You know what I mean? And to have faith enough to, to walk away from a solid job, man, that's commendable. But how did you do it? You know, for that person out there who's always had those ideas in their head, but is just too timid or too scared to step out on faith, what advice would you give them? Um, it's definitely a mindset you have to cultivate, you know, over time. You know, it, it, I want, you know, advice. I used to just tell people just to quit your job and start a business but it's just something that you really have to uh, to to really contemplate and, and calculate and and ultimately you're going to have to step out and, and, and on faith but I guess what really pushed me was what's at stake for me and what's at stake for me is number one the, the livelihood of, of, of my family and my descendants number two uh, what's at stake is our culture, and so, you know, I, you know, I when I was in my master's program, um, one of the pre- professors pulled me off to the side and said, "You, it was a Chinese lady." She said, "No, you know, Brandon, uh, you need to get your PhD. It's not a lot of black men. You, you, you're very underrepresented." Um, in the finance in the finance world you really need to get your phd and although i didn't go that route you know i've always knew we were underrepresented in in that area of uh of economics or that area of study and so i knew that i needed to be an example and i knew that i had what it takes to create jobs to run systems to be efficient i just knew i had what it takes and and that which i did lack in skill set i knew that over time i can develop those skills to become a better entrepreneur so um to to be honest with you it just it just after a while you just you see the vision and you just gotta you gotta jump so how has it been you know after you have stepped out on faith you know you got in the groove started your business you know uh, what challenges have you faced now? That's a great question. Um, so when I uh, quit my job, I uh, I went into this whole ego thing about being a CEO and owning my own company and going through that phase and not being attentive to the real work at hand. And I started to kind of get a little comfortable and start the discipline wasn't really uh 
wasn't there initially. And I'm a person where I, I like, like to listen to podcasts. I like to listen to other people's opinions. I like to listen to different entrepreneur podcasts and such as this, just to get gain some insights in other people's perspective, you know, and that's where a, a lot of my time is consumed. Basically, just having that whole ego about myself, thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position now, this, you know, I, I got, I'm, I'm backed by an investor now, and I really got slack with my discipline and staying focused and committing myself to, like, like the podcast is called The Process. And so, of course, over time, you know, I noticed, you know, things weren't going the way I wanted to. And that was a direct result of me not being dil diligent in my work. And so, I guess the biggest hurdle I had to, to overcome was just the, just the commitment to, to really putting my best foot forward and putting my best foot uh putting my best output uh in the business each day and when you're an entrepreneur and you decide to take that path you really don't have anyone over your shoulder uh telling you when to be here when to be there or turn this in assignment and turn this assignment in on this date or that date you have to take that on you have to take that ownership upon yourself now because you're pretty much essentially your own boss. And so with that being respect, with that being said, it's a greater responsibility shift on you. And uh, you have to make a lot of more decisions, you got to like, make a lot more decisions um, on the fly than you did working for an employee, employer, employer. And that's, that's probably one of the difficult things, man, because you get bombarded with uh, you're getting inundated with a lot of information throughout the day, a lot of decisions, and you got to make decisions on the fly, and you have to make the best decisions. So, I guess the biggest challenge is making the right decisions and making them promptly, because um, ultimately your decisions affect uh, which way your business goes. And so, just getting better at that, getting more efficient at delegating tasks is something that I really, and I'm still learning just being a better delegator and understanding people's talents and leveraging their talents for you know different assignments that may come up um that's the skill set within of itself so uh, i was uh i was motivated because you know they say that mo most people get rich uh most people who are rich start off in real estate and so you know of course, you know, the real estate side is intriguing. You're flipping homes, you, know, you see it's dollar signs. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of things that go on that, you know, you know that I'm starting to or started to figure out like uh, six or seven months after I'm knee deep in the knee deep in the business. And it's just like a whirlwind of stuff just packed on me a lot. Uh, a ton of responsibility just came down the pipeline all at one time and it, it was initially overwhelming but i knew that 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 was meant to to really put me through the fire and really to really test my skill sets and and to grow my skill sets and um commit myself to to learning each day 
um, commit myself to to study, stay studying the market, studying the business, studying the books, just getting a lot a lot savvier and, and increasing my business acumen. What would you say is the most important step in the process of being a worker to becoming an entrepreneur? I guess having that discipline and having that drive. Uh, when you're a worker and you're and you're working for uh, an employer, you, you're accountable to someone, and so you got someone standing over your shoulder, and you got dues, you got timelines. When you run your own business, you have, you're ultimately in charge of your own due dates and your timelines if you run to run a successful business, and so. Um, just building that structure in your life and that discipline in your life to to press pull forward, you know, and really encouraging yourself, man. Uh, I know y'all probably heard this before, but owning your own business is definitely a spiritual journey. You really learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people. You get to understand people more. It's more. It's, it has a lot more to do with that type of stuff than it does with the money. To be honest with you. And you go into the business just thinking that, you know, money, 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 but there's a different world that you have to understand before you can even think about acquiring that wealth. You know, you got to understand people. You got to understand systems. You got to understand yourself. You know, you got to, it gets lonely at times. So you have to encourage yourself. You have to find encouraging messages. Uh, you have to reach out with like-minded brothers like yourselves and, and really, and really uh, bounce ideas off the, each other and encourage each other and uplift each other. And so it's more of a spiritual journey for me than anything. I'm owning my own business. So you got your, you got your undergrad, your BS in finance and your, and your master's in finance. Um, what programs and initiatives do you think are vital for our youth in terms of being financially literate? That's a great, great, great question. Um, as you asked that question, the first person to come to mind was Dr. Boyce Watkins. That's that's someone that, uh, you know, that really inspired me to really drill down on understanding our culture, understanding the systematic processes that go behind, that go on behind the scenes that keep us suppressed, depressed, keep our mindsets chained in bondage as it pertains to just acquiring wealth. And so when I, when I started my first company, Financial, uh, Ivy Wall Financial Advisors, um, I started that company out of the heart of really, number one, educating our people on, 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 on financial literacy. So funny story, when, when I quit my job, so this is the first company I started. When I quit my job, um, I used to go into Walmart because that was, our, that was my target, that was my target market, just uh, middle-aged black folk. And so, you know, black folk shop at Walmart and not trying to perpetuate a stereotype, but that's just, that's just the real. Yeah. Um, and so I used to dress up in, in uh, a blazer and a tie, and I used to go in, in Walmart and 
ask people do they have a financial advisor and just walk up to random people and just introduce myself and and try to connect with them and you know uh get them to meet with me to you know check out their finances and see if they actually do need a financial advisor and so of course i was just a young comp i was just you know a fresh uh, a fresh guy out of college and i have no real world experiences on managing your finances and so uh, another opportunity came about where, you know, I jumped into the real estate business and that was a more lucrative gift, gift for me for right now. But as I'm in the real estate business now, my heart is really on building IVWall financial advisors. And initially, what I, my goal was is to manage people investments. And as, as time evolved, man, I started to think, man, yeah, it's good to manage people's investments, man. But if they don't understand how investments work, they don't understand the mindset around how money works, how wealth is built, how, how wealth is gained, you can invest for them, but they won't appreciate that knowledge. And so their actions won't really align and their emotions won't really align to, to the meaning of what investment means or investing means. And so just with the experience I had with the customers that I did have, I see that there's a definitely a, a huge need to, to educate our people um, and promote financial literacy, especially at a young age, now more so than ever. Um, and that's how I want to build my business. That's how I'm building my business structure around Ivy Wall. I want to educate first and then provide services um, that add value to my my client's life. So um, that's how I'm that's how I'm really getting engaged in educating our people and and building cultivating that mindset of our culture and our community. Right now I'm in I'm in the like as I said I, I flip houses now and I really don't communicate with the end buyer, which is the person who buys the home. But I can tell you what my experience has been like as far as uh, rehabbing the house and creating the product and uh, marketing that product and and kind of connecting with my client, uh, the ultimate buyer. If you want me to explain that process and what I've learned from there. Yeah, please elaborate on that for me. Okay. And so when I first started off on my own as far as the real estate business, um, I had a habit of cutting corners. And when I say cutting corners, I mean, if, if the cabinets in the kitchen look okay, then I would just save them. And even if it doesn't flow with the house. So basically I was just cutting corners. I was trying to save as much uh, in the house as possible um, and not producing a quality product. And so the result of that, man, is that, um, the houses weren't selling as fast as they can, or the appraiser wouldn't value the house at what I thought it should be valued for. And the realtor I worked it with, with was an older cat. He used to tell me all the time, man, you, you got you can't be cheap. You can't cut corners at these in these houses, man, because you're ultimately providing a product uh, that someone's gonna live in for the rest of their life. And so when a person buy, ultimately buys their house, a lot of these people are first time home buyers. 
So you don't want to be the, the, the person with the reputation for cutting corners. And then when the person moves in their house, you know, you know, their their first experience of owning the house is a disaster. You know, um, number one, that's not good karma. And number two, it's just it's not a good look. And so it took me a while to adapt to that mindset because I was in the mindset of uh, just trying to save as much money as pump, uh, save as much money as possible and and saving as much material as possible to add money in my pocket. And that business model did not work for long. What it ultimately happened, man, is I would be going, I would have my guys would be going over uh, doing jobs three or four times, going back to do jobs three or four times because it wasn't done right. And so ultimately, we had to waste more money because we didn't do it right the first uh, the first time. And so, um, I guess to sum this all up, man, is I had to really shift my mindset into creating value, focusing on value instead of focusing on profits. Because if you really focus on creating value for your for your clients or your customers then the money's going to come. But if you're looking just to cut costs and to add profit, then you do, you ultimately compromise, you ultimately going to end up compromising your integrity because like the old adage goes, a little levy levies the whole lump. So you start cutting corners here, then you start cutting corners there. And then before you know it, you just that guy with the reputation of cutting corners and ultimately in the long run, that's not a self-sustaining business model. And uh, I'm glad I was able to learn that lesson very quick um, early on in my life. And so those that mindset can be carried over in other businesses when I serve a different market or a different clientele. Hey, Brandon, any last words you can share with the listeners? Um, well, first, I would like to thank y'all for having me on this podcast and sharing y'all platform uh, just to, uh, having me on and kind of sharing my my insights um, I guess I can just go with the theme of y'all podcast, y'all podcast is, uh, which is trusting the process and as uh, as Monty said earlier you know trusting the process is really trusting in God and and that is so that is so true you know um, I, ha- I always have to encourage myself every day to trust in God and, and and not lean on my own understanding because as an entrepreneur there are sometimes where the future is so uncertain and it can cr- cause a, a lot of anxiety a lot of worry a lot of undue pressure that's unnecessary um, especially if uh, if you have a man of faith um, it's not easy trusting God all the time because your circumstances are like right there in your face. Um, but if I had to leave you with something, I would say step back. If, if you're going through something or you or you're in the midst of a struggle, step back and just examine the whole the holistic view of things. Don't really focus on the myopic circumstances that's going on right now. Take a a a, a Take a step back and see yourself in the future and project yourself back to the present and just know that everything's going to be all right if you just trust in God. 
So we, we really appreciate you uh, joining us uh, and sharing your experiences, you know, what it was like growing up in a single parent home, what it was like to, you know, not be perfect in college. I mean, we've all had those days and what it was like to start your own business and step out on faith. Uh, so where could, you know, someone find you in terms of uh, reaching out to you um, in case they need advice on entrepreneurship or what it's like further advice on what it's like to step out on faith? Um, they can reach me by email. Uh, my email address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at K-B-P, that's K as in kite, B as in boy, P as in Paul, invest.com. That's info at K-B-P, invest.com. This concludes episode 16 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and to like us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you. They're chanting, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.